Hello and welcome to episode 51 of the Ego Chat Podcast. My name is Preston Byers and as always I'm joined by my co-host Justin Minkowski and on today's episode we are talking about the fourth and final major of the Call of Duty League season. Uh, we just wrapped up um, the really the CDL regular season, the third regular season uh, in the CDL's history and uh, we have another new major champion, uh, four majors this season and four champions I uh, wasn't really expecting uh, this team in, uh, specifically to win, but um, we'll get into all of that. Um, and we have a lot to cover about this tournament because it was pretty crazy. Uh, a lot of it um, also had, uh, we, we, we really saw a lot about uh, the standings and how they changed over the course of the tournament because uh, as we talked about on last week's episode, 11 of uh, the CDL teams uh, were in contention to make champs, uh, but only eight teams could make champs. Uh, but we'll talk about all of that. Um, but let's uh, check in with Bink. How are you doing, man? I'm doing well. Like you said, pretty wild weekend to Call of Duty. Um, obviously, me being close to New York, I was disappointed I didn't go, but I uh, heard great things. Crowd seemed pretty electric. So um sounds like a, it was a, a banger event to be at, and it was pretty entertaining to watch online too so we got some stuff to talk about about it yeah we have a we have a lot um i'm gonna pull up the bracket put it on screen if you're watching uh, on twitch twitch.tv slash ego chat podcast uh we're also on youtube as well uh if you want to watch the video version um but I, I brought up the bracket and this bracket is just completely insane um i mean we thought that atlanta phase uh who entered the tournament uh, they already qualified for champs. They've been the number one seed for most of the season so far, despite not winning any of the three majors. Um, but they had went to uh, each of the first three majors grand finals. They did not get to uh, the major four grand finals because uh, they walked into the buzzsaw that was the Los Angeles Thieves in round one. Um, I looked it up before the show. The Thieves had never beaten... Uh, phase um since the thieves came in at the beginning of the 2021 season they had lost eight all eight of their matches uh previously so um you know i think i mentioned on the last episode that uh i think it was like oh and four oh and five uh the thieves were against phase this season um you know and it's it's incredible but um the thieves they were able to not only beat FaZe, but then they swept the Ultra. Uh, they did lose to the uh, the New York Subliners playing uh, in front of their home crowd. And the Subliners obviously had so much to play for because they needed at least a top three finish to qualify for champs. And then, um, you know, some stuff to happen on top of that. Uh, but it didn't really seem to matter. They they lost to the Subliners and they were still able uh, to get back to the win or to the Grand Finals and win the championship, beating uh, New York in the process. Um, you know, what do you want to talk about uh, in specific to the Thieves? Because this is a team that we've talked about a lot this season, and not not in glowing terms, really. We've been a little disappointed about how they played for most of the season. They entered into this tournament very much in danger of missing out on champs because they were hovering around eighth place uh, because of inconsistent placings. But uh, what did you think of LAT's uh, run to major four, to the major four championship? I got to give them props. It was pretty impressive. Um, all things considered, 
uh, beating FaZe twice, obviously beating them once. When you put into consideration, like you said, they hadn't beaten them as like a franchise since the CDL, uh, since joining the CDL. So beating them not once but twice is pretty impressive. It's also impressive they were able to uh, beat the team that beat them in the winners' finals back in the grand finals. So um, multiple cool angles you can look at this from really. Um, Kenny being named MVP, that there's so much discussion around him uh, and his role between AR versus SMG. So many people wanting to see him back on SMG. Now he is. He wins an MVP. Uh, puts up pretty ridiculous numbers, especially in comparison to some of the other numbers we've seen from him. Um, yeah, it was just really an all-around impressive run out of the Thieves. and got to give him props, but I certainly did not see this coming at all. Um, probably, well, I know, at least in predictions on the last show, we talked about, uh, in particular, I was looking at Atlanta and New York to take it. I probably would have picked Optic over before I picked the Thieves to win it all, um, even though they were in the loser's bracket. So I don't know. There's at least three teams, potentially more, that I would have thought had a better chance to win uh, this tournament than the Thieves heading into it. So, um, yeah, pretty surprised by that. I think it is noteworthy, again, that, you know, we have another uh, a non-repeat winner here for the fourth major. So all four regular season tournaments were won by different teams. Um, when you take into consideration that the three previous winners started this event in the loser's bracket, that's not necessarily super surprising, but it is worth bringing up on, I guess, getting a little ahead of myself here, but I, I definitely wouldn't be surprised if we make it five for five at champs with another new team uh, taking the, the big one at the end of the year. So uh, that's getting ahead of it, though, ahead of ourselves here, but just in general, um, I guess wasn't anything too specific, but um just an impressive run for the Thieves, and as you mentioned too, it was much needed considering their point, uh, their their place in the CDL point standings, and uh, potentially, obviously, they weren't in as dire need of a massive run as New York was, mm -hmm. but um, the Thieves definitely were in jeopardy of potentially missing champs, but they put that to rest um, pretty easily, and certainly put it completely to rest by taking the whole thing. Yeah, the Thieves uh, were shockingly good and consistent um for this tournament uh they didn't even go to a a game five um you know obviously they did in the the final in the grand final but um they beat phase twice uh in four games they swept toronto and then they they lost um in four games to new york the first time uh but you know it happens uh new york was you know, they had so much momentum coming into this tournament. Um, they had a lot to play for, obviously, like I said, uh, just to qualify for champs. So, um, you know, it's it it was an incredible tournament. And uh, I'm really surprised that uh, LAT of all teams was able to pull this off. Um, but speaking of Kenny, uh, because you brought up how he won MVP, there's always been questions about him, like in his fit in the team. It, and this has been over multiple years because this is – you know, he's so good at, you know, uh, being a submachine gun player and being an assault rifle player. There's always kind of um, questions about where he would fit best in a team. And they've struggled at times to slot him into a, a position he's comfortable in and other players are comfortable around him. But he looked in TK form, uh, World War II form, Kenny. Uh, he did 
Uh, he was he had a 1.09 hard point KD, um, which was the best on the Thieves. He had a 1.45 S and D KD, which was the best on the team, and then a 1.19 control KD, which was also the best on the team. Um, just an incredible performance by him uh, throughout the entire tournament. You really can't say enough about him, uh, and this is the Kenny that you know we all rem- remember. We all think can be the best player in the world at any given time. Like th- this is why he's been so hyped up for the last you know three four years. People really expect a lot out of him, and he kind of showed that he can he can live up to those lofty expectations. Um, and this team, honestly, this is the best. Obviously, is the best they've looked. Um, this season, but everybody looked well on this team. It wasn't just Kenny going off and him carrying this team. It was everybody. uh, None of these players had a less than uh, 1.0 KD on the team. The lowest hard point KD on the team was uh, tied with Draws and Envoy, who had a 1.06. Like, that's not very common. It's also not like a hundred percent the reason why they're doing so well but it's also easier to win maps of course if you are slaying out uh, everybody and nobody's going negative it's it's pretty amazing that they were able to accomplish this um even in uh search nobody had less than a 1.0 kd and in control nobody had less than a 1.0 kd that's incredible uh really a testament to how well they they slayed this uh event um I don't I don't know what the difference is between you know what we saw for the first whatever five months of the season and what we saw with LAT this weekend and that makes me concerned about like is this similar to LAG because we saw with LAG they had that incredible run at major two and they didn't do anything really the rest of the the season obviously lat is better than lag i don't think anyone would dispute that and they have you know performed uh better on average at every event probably other than major two than lag but with how vanguard is i'm not sure if lat are the team you know to actually find consistency make like string together events nobody's really been able to do that other than phase who is they haven't been able to like win an event which is uh kind of surprising still so um what do you think about lat and their chances uh i know you said like you have a feeling like a a sneaking suspicion that we might see a fifth tournament winner but do you think LAT has the potential uh, or is there something about this team that gives you more confidence in them to do what Optic and LAG and Seattle have not been able to do? Well, I think, you know, I, I don't really think it's a hot take to say that potentially another team yeah. uh, could win champs just because with LAG not at champs, that means only three tournament winners are there, so that means five out of eight teams at the event haven't won, which which means you know it's more likely mm-hmm. yeah. one of them wins than the other. But um, regardless of that, yeah, I, I think it, it's certainly worth mentioning that um, this is a great time to get hot, and you know the thieves potentially beating or not potentially they they did beat. Phase twice and and beating New York, who looked really strong this weekend as well. Um, ba- based on that, you you gotta think that um, they have a good shot and are in a good position. But like you said, Vanguard's gonna Vanguard. Um, we saw it most recently 
just at this event too with Seattle. Seattle wins major three, gets last place at major four. So um, inconsistency has been a theme throughout this year for multiple teams. Um, But I do think it's definitely worth mentioning that this is the best we've seen this theme's these roster look unquestionably, and it's the best time for them to be hitting this form if this is um, their best form. So um, I still, you know, if, if I was a betting man and was betting on a team to uh, win champs, I don't think I would have the confidence in Thieves to do that, but they certainly have to be, the, the other people certainly have to have some confidence heading into the event because um, you got to assume that FaZe is still probably the favorite and this team just beat FaZe twice. So that that can't go that can't be ignored. Let's talk about FaZe because um like I, I mentioned earlier in the episode, they made the first three grand finals of the majors um so far this season, but they lost in each of those three. And then in major four, things were very much up in the air with all of these teams. I didn't think that there was a very clear uh, well, we disagreed on who we thought would win the tournament, and I didn't have really any confidence in that either of us would be correct when we made our predictions because you said that you know your head was saying phase, but you really wanted New York. I was thinking, oh, like I kind of think the same, but I think New York can pull it off with how they played. But we saw New York falter in the first three majors, they actually hadn't even won a single match at a major heading into this event. And then you had FaZe who have done incredibly well and been, been the most consistent team probably all season long, but they haven't been able to achieve the same things that we expected them. So FaZe coming into this event, they had already locked up the first, or I don't believe they had locked up the first seed, but they were pretty much almost there. Uh, They had locked up a qualifying spot for champs. They were about to lock up the first seed, uh, and they were coming in playing LAT. And like I mentioned, LAT had never beaten Atlanta FaZe before, and that's been pretty much two entire seasons. I didn't expect it to change, um, especially since Atlanta had just beaten LAT a few weeks earlier. Of course, FaZe loses uh, their first series. It was the only series in round one, winner's bracket or loser's bracket, that wasn't game five uh, a decider. It was. <laughs> it went to four games. All the other uh, first round matchups were uh, five games. But FaZe, they lose uh, round one. They, the Paris Legion have the unfortunate um, the unfortunate duty to finish their season uh, playing Atlanta FaZe, which doesn't seem very fun at all. Um, still a tight series. Uh, FaZe wins 3-2. They sweep uh, LAG um, and end their hopes of uh, getting to um, champs because uh, an LAG win there could have almost uh, locked up a spot. They do the same to Florida. Florida really needed that extra win to kind of lock up a spot or at least make it so like New York has to win the tournament. Um, So they beat Florida uh, and Florida ends up getting knocked out of champs contention because of that. And then they have this big match against Optic who Optic's been really, really bad lately. Uh, One of the worst teams in the last set of qualifying matches as they integrate Illy back into their lineup. Um, They're able to beat Optic, which is really surprising considering FaZe has been 
really bad against this team for pretty much the entire season. It's like one of the two teams that they've struggled with so much this year, um, but they're able to beat Optic, and then they lose again to LAT in four games. Um, what did you make of FaZe's run? Because it's you know not surprising that they made it so far into the tournament, but they had to do it through the loser's bracket, which was pretty surprising. Yeah, I think... It was surprising to me. They lost the opening match to the Thieves. Um, then they go game five with Paris, and that was a little concerning to me as well. Kind of an eye-opener. Um, but then this middle stretch here against LAG Florida, and especially Optic, a team they haven't really seen much success against this year, if they have at all. Um, those three series, kind of, I was kind of like, you know, a little bit back. I was like, yeah, okay, this is the phase we expect to see. And then they weren't able to get their revenge against the Thieves. So um, I don't, you know, outside of those outliers, I was impressed by that stretch of those three matches in the middle. Um, the one thing that stood out to me, and I don't have the exact breakdown of all the maps they played this week, but I just counted really quick based on our results article. They played Tuscan 13 times this weekend. Um, and notably, they played it. It was the first three maps in their series against the Thieves in the winner's bracket. It was the middle three maps in the series against Paris. So obviously, you know, Tuscan is one of those maps that's available in all three modes. So that could like inflate these numbers if we were to compare it to other maps. Mm -hmm. But that still stands out to me that um, they played that that map in particular 13 times. And obviously, you know, I didn't count all the other maps. So I'm not sure in comparison um what the next closest is but that's just i felt like when i was watching the tournament that they were playing a lot of tuscan and i just checked real quick and i think that's um they played it ended up playing it 13 times so maybe um i don't want to say you know without knowing what the strategy was but maybe that's just a map they feel like due to its relevance in vanguard being in all three modes it was something they wanted to practice at this major heading into champs obviously that's pure speculation because i feel like um if we said that last year in Cold War, it wouldn't be surprising because they actually won tournaments and were, were super dominant last year. So so they definitely had some wiggle room. And sure, they had wiggle room here because they had eventually locked in the top seed and they were already qualified for champs. But I still feel like because they hadn't won yet this year, they were still trying to win this tournament. Um, maybe there was some element to practice and, and trying to not, I wouldn't say expand the map pool, but maybe just focus in on um, certain maps to try and improve ahead of champs, but I still feel like um, that wouldn't, I, again, could be wrong, but I just feel like due to them not having one, that's less likely than in the position where they were last year, where we saw them win multiple times, and then if they were trying out maps, it's like, oh, okay, you know. Um, I feel like last year, for example, they were trying out Apocalypse towards the end of the year, like, more than any other team, because they had won multiple tournaments, and they had such a lead where they could do that. And I think it benefited them. I'm pretty sure Apocalypse was the map that they ended up winning um, champs on in the end. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know for sure, obviously, but I think that's certainly worth mentioning. They, they were playing a lot of Tuscan. So when we get to champs, we'll have to see um, if that's something that pops up again. But... Yeah, I definitely, this is not the most confident I've ever been in phase. Um, because, like, we've talked about on multiple episodes, there were times where it was just, you know, lock-in phase, they're winning this tournament, and it would turn out to be right, or if they didn't, at worst, they got second. Um, 
not that third is bad in this sense at all, but um, they've, they've set a high bar for themselves, and they certainly, uh, coming in the champs, have a very tough first-round matchup against New York, which I'm super excited to see. Yeah, just to kind of illustrate your point about Tuscan, so that's their most played hardpoint map, but they're not particularly successful on it. So they have a, uh, a 17 and 12 record on Tuscan hardpoint throughout the season. That's including all of the events and everything. Um, but you know, like it's it's pretty like that's good considering they're winning more than half of those maps. Uh, but if you look at how well they do on Gavutu and Bokage hardpoint. They're 15 and five on Bokage, 15 and seven yeah. on Gavutu. So Tuscan, it does seem like, you know, they're, like they're a, a desert siege, like they, they, like they, or not desert siege, um, Berlin hardpoint. They're not like, they try not to play it. Um, it's their most vetoed hardpoint map. So that's pretty much their auto veto. So they're trying to get better at their, th their third uh, best hardpoint or their, I guess their worst hardpoint um, other than Berlin. So it seems like, it, like you probably have a good theory there that they are trying to at least improve their map pool and hope that um, you know getting better at Tuscan Hardpoint is like a key to victory and hopefully won't lose them. Uh, but Tuscan Control is their best control map, so um, you know their Hardpoint at least seems to be uh, focused on trying to get better on that map and then Control they're just trying to win it, I guess. Um, but yeah, that that that's just based on what I was looking at. Um, Tuscan was actually uh, actually the only control map that they played this weekend, um, and they're zero and two on Tuscan uh, Tuscan search this weekend, and uh, they're not really good at Tuscan search. So it's it's a, a point of emphasis, but you know they're not that great at any uh, particular search and destroy map at the moment. So um, I, I, it's a, it's an interesting theory, and I'm I'm sure it does have uh, quite a bit of validity um, for Phase because. It's important. Like I, you could tell in the Paris Legion series, I didn't think they were playing as like hard or as like you know intense as we usually see them. Not saying that you know they were like you know throwing the series or anything, but I do think when there are not that many stakes for a team, they tend to maybe even subconsciously not give as much effort or bring as much intensity to a match and i could see you know i i, I think that happened with the uh the paris match just because paris was you know they've been eliminated from champs contention for a little bit now phase probably uh you know like they were pretty close to getting the first seed no matter what so it, it didn't really matter all that much to them um but you know they they do want to play well it's it's uh it's a it's a weird thing for phase because they've done this at pretty much two years running, maybe even three years, because I don't really remember like the back end of uh, the 2020 season. That was like peak COVID. And I was not like super locked into what was happening on like um, London docks or not London docks. What's the, Oh, what is that map? Um, in MW with, uh, I don't even know. We're just going to go back. Um, but phase they've been basically testing out maps throughout the season i'm sure but they have a, a much greater advantage to do so now in major four when they don't really have that much to play for like optic had to make a, a huge run to even give them 
and like any chance at getting the number one seed if they even had a chance. So it, it, it made sense for them to do it. And they played super well, uh, all things considered getting, uh, I think they got third place at this event. Like for that to be your performance when you had essentially nothing to play for in terms of like improving your seating or anything, I think that says a lot about the team. Um, and I'm excited to see what they can do at champs now that they've went the entire season without winning a, a tournament, which seems pretty unfathomable considering how successful they were last season. Um, let's talk about uh, New York or not New York. Um, yeah, New York. Let's talk about New York. They were the hosts of the uh, this tournament. Uh, it was in Brooklyn at the King's Theater, I believe. Um, so a lot of New York fans, we even got a Crim 7 appearance, which was very odd. Um, but New York needed quite a bit of wins to make champs. I believe they were 35 points behind 8th place starting the event um not like don't quote me on that but they were they needed at least a third place finish i know that to uh get to champs but that was just with everybody losing florida minnesota lag all of them losing first round not gaining any points that didn't happen florida they won their winners bracket round one match lag won their losers bracket round one match minnesota uh, thankfully for New York, did get double first rounded again, and it ended their season. Um, but New York, they went on this incredible run. They beat Minnesota in the first round, then they beat Florida, and then they beat LAT to get to grand finals, which locked them into 50 CDL points, I believe, which put them, uh, uh, you know, like it guaranteed them a spot in uh, champs because Florida had been knocked out. Um, and LAG and Minnesota had also been knocked out. I, I'm still stunned that it happened because we talked about it. I think when we were previewing like the first week or the second week of uh, the major four qualifiers, we were talking about like what New York needed to do to you really have a chance because they were they only had like 70 CDL points heading in to this set of qualifying matches because they had not won a single match at a major. Um, and they, and they somehow did it. They went four and one in qualifying matches. And then even when they're uh, faced with pretty uh, tough odds, like they need a top three finish. You need to at least get to the losers finals to even get the necessary points and then things have to happen if you don't get any further. I think it's incredible. Um, I don't know how much playing in front of your, your home crowd and the fans like really cheering them on, trying to will them to victory. I don't know how much that played into it, but an incredible run. Uh, talk me through what you were thinking about NYSL because we, we've talked about them a lot over the past few weeks. Yeah, I was really impressed. I'm happy that it actually came to fruition because it's a super cool storyline. Um, and it almost didn't happen right off the bat. Minnesota jumped out to a 2-0 lead in that series, and then New York has to pull off the reverse sweep to, you know, keep their hopes alive immediately. Um, and then we, I talked about it in the last show, but I'll just bring it up again. Because of the way the bracket broke down, it literally worked out as best as Florida or sorry, as New York could have wanted aside from Florida actually winning. It would have um, 
been more beneficial for them, sure, if Florida had lost that first match. But with Florida winning and having to play New York, New York still controlled their own fate. Uh, and, you know, getting a 3-0 win there to assert dominance and kind of show, like, you know, they're not messing around. That was pretty big victory for them to pick up as well. Um, and just, yeah, like I said, the way it shook down with the bracket and everything, um, that was the best case scenario for them with Florida actually winning, Mm -hmm. uh, their opening match. So, uh, was super impressed with the squad. I think, um, I, I feel like at moments, like, like I can think of off the top of my head, there were several moments where Kismet in particular was just absolutely popping off. And that's great, but I feel like there was, like, maps. I would have to go back and look, obviously, but I feel like there was, like, standout maps from each player on the team at different times throughout the tournament. And if they get to the finals with that recipe and are, you know, able in this short turnaround here, able to put it together where everybody's just consistently putting up the star performances at the same time, obviously that's really hard to do. But if they're able to do it, that could be their recipe for success um, heading into champs. And kind of like we're mentioning briefly earlier, uh, just because of the way the CDL point standing shakes out, they're technically the eighth and last seed for champs, which means they have to play Atlanta Fees in the first round of the winner's bracket. And on paper, one versus eight might be a tough matchup, but based on how both teams are playing right now, I could honestly see that one going either way, depending on who shows up. So um, I'm really looking forward to that match, but I I am super impressed with New York's run overall. I was expecting them, especially after they beat uh, the Thieves. (laughs) Sorry. After they beat the Thieves in the winner's finals, I was certainly expecting them to beat them again in the grand finals. And I would have to go back and look at the results because I know after the first two maps, I kind of like just went into like autopilot. I was like, yeah, this should be over for New York. Um, but it was, you know, the the Thieves took both controls in the uh, grand finals there in particular. Obviously, that's a swing mode, but it was only played twice. Um, so that's not like the make or break necessarily. But it's certainly worth mentioning that uh, the Thieves, I feel like the Thieves played well in control all weekend, but obviously taking both maps in the grand finals is helpful. Um, But with New York jumping out to that 2-0 lead, then they play back-to-back Berlins that um, the Thieves take to tie up the grand finals at 2-2. That's huge because, you know, I feel like New York gets one of those maps and if it's 3-1, or 4-0, obviously. It's a huge difference compared to 2-2. So, um, big response out of the Thieves there. I think that's probably where things started to shift a little bit. And, you know, best of nines hard with the vetoes and everything like that. Um, but, yeah, I think it would benefit everybody if in some way we get another New York Thieves rematch at Champs just because it, it was a high-octane matchup most recently, and it would probably be um, a good matchup again no matter where it happens if it were to happen at Champs. But uh, I'm just looking forward to seeing this New York team play more in general, I guess. Yeah, I I want to point out for New York, so uh, just their major four qualifier matches and the major four matches, um, they were 14-4 and four in hard point. This is a team that 
could not win a hard point in the beginning of the season. Um, and I love Clay, like my favorite player probably of all time. It was a very good move to get him off the roster. Like maybe not him specifically, but being able to bring in Paul and then Kismet at, at a different point in the season, that has made all of the difference. Um, both of those players are invaluable to this team. Paul is really in S and D. I think he's incredible. Um, Kismet has looked really, really good in respawns. This team is, is good. And I, that makes it like, it sounds crazy because they've pretty much taken half of their roster out since the beginning of the season. They, they made those roster moves like really, really early in the season when they benched Neptune and it seemed like what's going on with the subliners? Like, why are they benching the guy that they bought from Florida in the off season? And, you know, I don't know like what the, the dynamics of the team were back then, but it seems like this team is very close now. And like, maybe it was having to hunker down and be like, we have to win these matches. Like if we don't do super well in the qualifiers and we don't do well at the major, like our season's over. Like it doesn't matter what we did to this point. Like we can just go out and win now. I, I don't know if, you know, they were able to rally around like this cause of like, we have to win like all of these matches, but something's clicked uh, and it, and they're one of the best hard point teams in the game now. And it just seems crazy to say that uh, considering how poorly they played uh, earlier in the year. Um, the the one weakness I would say is they're not a great control team. And uh, in the grand finals, that did, you know, like you mentioned, that came back to bite them. They they dropped two maps where, you know, they, uh, in, like obviously LAT is, uh, they played excellent in control. They were, I believe, five and one in control uh, during the tournament. And LAT, um, you know, uh, they've, been like uh so in major four qualifiers and major four tournament matches uh, matches they've been four and six uh with uh tuscan being their best hard po uh, best control map and berlin they're two and four on so it it, it is a, a point of emphasis that i'm sure um you know revan and jp and the nysl guys will really focus on and try to fix but fortunately control is the least important part of of call of duty so if they're able to continue to improve and you know maybe steal a control map here and there especially in those grand final series um i think we could be seeing subliners being that fifth and final team to win a tournament this year um but we'll see it's it's going to be a toss-up uh between these teams um the next team we got to talk about is the team that you know more people are fans of than any other optic texas uh they came into this tournament uh looking absolutely out of sorts they were uh obviously they started in the losers bracket so they were one of the uh, four worst teams in the qualifiers um but they didn't really look that bad when it came to uh the major uh they ended up finishing fourth um after a pretty strong losers bracket run with wins over minnesota boston and toronto uh, before losing to atlanta in the losers bracket semifinals um, what do you make of Optics' run uh, back with Illy, who is uh, trying to get back into form after missing uh, about a month or month and a half due to a thumb injury? I think, obviously, 
best case scenario for them would have been winning yeah. uh, the whole thing. But in the grand scheme of things, this is pretty close to the best case scenario for them based on the circumstances, the hand they were dealt, uh, their position entering the tournament. They got to play multiple series, right? And that was mm -hmm. something I brought up on the previous show was if Optic went one and done at this major, that's absolutely worst case scenario in the immediate future just because you get last place to the tournament. But it's also bad just in the grand scheme of things because they don't get multiple land wraps heading into champs. Um, although they don't win this tournament, they, they come in fourth, might be disappointing placing, certainly disappointing placing for, uh, many Greenwall fans who expect Optic to win every single match they play. Yeah. Um, regardless of that though, they, they got to play four series here, um, with their, their full squad. Illy had some, uh, good moments, you know, all the, all the guys, Scump had a game winning play against... Toronto? Was it Toronto? I don't know. There was one, it was a Tuscan hard point where he, uh, like, made a sneaky play for scrap time right at the end on P1. Um, so, like, I, I can think of moments where all the guys on Optic were standing out in certain matches. So, um, similar to what I was saying with New York, you know, if it, it's putting that all together that can really benefit them and they have time to try and work on it now. Um, but I think this was, you know, for, I don't want to say realistic because I feel like that's too hard, harsh, but um, for open-minded Optic fans who weren't going into this tournament expecting them to 3-0 every single team they played, uh, this is probably uh, a good result in their eyes. Um, the only thing you could maybe say is after they get a little heat under them and they get into that fourth place match against FaZe, a team that they have, uh, as far as I can remember, beaten every single time in Vanguard, um, you maybe like are feeling a little more confident and think they should win that one. So that could be a question mark. Mm -hmm. Um, obviously, if if you're beating the quote unquote best team in the game all throughout the year, you don't want to just start losing to them at the end of the year. But you know that I feel like that's being a little nitpicky. I think based on all the circumstances and everything going on with Illy behind the scenes and finally getting him back in the lineup, getting him playing reps on land with the the intended four man lineup. Um, I think fourth place is acceptable, and I think it's something they can build on heading into champs. I, I think um, they're the type of squad that's going to put in a lot of work over these next couple weeks right before champs. Um, and certainly for the Greenwall's sake, they're going to be hoping that the work pays off in the end. The, the one really good thing that uh, has come of these late Illy matches, so I'm just looking at their... Their final seven matches of the season when Illy was back in the lineup. Uh, so three online, four on land. They were eight and two in search. Optic historically has not been a great search team. Even in the first half of the year with Illy in the lineup, they were 14 and 11 in search. So not bad, obviously, but not dominant uh, in any means. But the the one thing that is I, I don't know why I, I maybe it's because control is you know it, that's the most vanguard that can vanguard that mode is is difficult to predict. Um, but in the first half of the season with Illy, Optic was seventeen and two in control. They were, they were on that streak. Yeah. yeah, they were the best control team in the league. And in the final seven matches uh, with Illy of the season, they were one and six in control. I don't know, like, 
you know what that is maybe it's just going to take longer to get everybody um you know in their positions like being able to rotate effectively um maybe the teamwork really has to be on point uh for control uh for optic uh but that is like the fact that they've somehow improved so greatly in search um at least with the small sample size we have and then done so poorly in control i don't know like what to make of that um especially you know you know we uh we've said it before but you know control is the least important game mode you only play it once in a in a best of five series so it's not the end of the world if you're not a great control team but it's also like we've seen uh with london it can be a hindrance like london came into this event and they were winning hard points they were winning searches but they could not win control and not winning control can lead to a snowball effect and that snowball can eventually become a reverse sweep and it's it's obviously not great if you can't win one of the three game modes uh so uh, i'm sure rambo and uh sender and all the optic guys are working on that to try to figure out what do we need to do to at least you know go 50 50 or something on controls but i just thought it was interesting that this team that has you know been good but not great in search has suddenly become a, a very very good search team and their uh their control play is pretty much falling off the map um so I, i'm not sure what to make of it but uh, it'll be interesting to watch to see if optic makes um some pretty big adjustments uh going into champs um which team do you want to talk about next because um you know the we've we got the top four um and uh you know all those teams have qualified for champs they look like some I would say the four contenders. I, I mean, everybody's contender in Vanguard, but those four teams seem to be on top of my mind than anyone else. But is there a specific team that you want to talk about next? I think we might as well just talk about London. You kind of, you know, gave right. us a little segue there. Um, disappointing performance out of London at this major, just based on their performance in the qualifiers heading into this one. Um, kind of as you were alluding to, they were struggling in control mm -hmm. and that actually they, they went one and one in control as far as I know at this event. So um, not necessarily the reason they lost, but it certainly could be um, something they're going to look to improve on just because especially in the opening series um, against Toronto, London, it's a 250 to 249 win map one of the tournament. I remember that now. I wasn't remember the first map of the tournament was nuts. It came down to wire. It was like the audio was a little messed up too. So like, um, the, I can't think of their name, Brycey and Ton, uh, were commenting and they were like two seconds ahead of the action. So they were like, oh my God, this guy gets a two piece. And then this guy gets a two piece. And it was happening like a couple seconds behind. So it was kind of funny, but it was still an electric ending to the first map of the tournament. Um, and London then takes the following search six, four, they go up two Oh and control Toronto takes it three Oh, um, Toronto ends up reverse sweeping, and I'm not going to say the 3-0 loss in control is the only reason they get the reverse sweep, but certainly, you know, if a team like London wasn't having these, um, like, noteworthy struggles in the mode, uh, you could maybe say, like, if they're more competitive in it, it might not be as big of a momentum shift, but you have to say, like, a 3-0 in control is kind of like, especially after losing the first two maps, that's, that's kind of eye-opening, so... Um, Toronto get the reverse sweep here, which was pretty surprising for uh, 
probably the majority of people who were assuming London was going to continue to play as well as they were in the uh, qualifiers. But then um, they end up playing the Gorillas, which is another match based on recent performances. You're expecting London to win. And Gorillas take that one 3-2 by winning both hard points. Uh, London actually wins the control in this one 3-2, but they only won games 2 and 3. London, or uh, sorry, LAG goes 1-4-5 to take this one. So that's kind of eye-opening in the opposite end of the spectrum just because uh, London was so dominant in hard point heading into this major. And then they lose 2 to a team like LAG who certainly... um, Despite, you know, having a small sample size with this latest roster, I wouldn't put them, like, up at the top of a list in terms of hardpoint teams if I had to, like, rattle off a list off the top of my head. Um, So that's kind of, you know, obviously getting last place tournament before champs isn't great. Um, And certainly below expectations set for London just based off of their performance in the qualifiers heading into this. Uh, But we have seen, you know, again, that goes back to our theme of inconsistencies for multiple teams. Um, And maybe, you know, London's able to figure out something over these next couple weeks uh, to to get back to that strong form. But we're just going to have to see because, you know, if it was still that same only struggling control, maybe, you know, it's not as concerning for some fans. But... um, Certainly losing two hard points to LAG for a team that was super dominant in hard point just a couple of weeks ago um, is kind of a red flag in my eyes. And we'll just have to see how they're able to respond to champs. Oh, yeah. It's definitely a red flag that they they came in. I believe they were nine and one in hard point. Uh, London was in the qualifiers and then they were five and one in search for them to lose both of their series is is pretty crazy. Um, I, I looked it up, LAG, uh, so this is including uh, their one match in Major 3, the Major 4 qualifiers, and then their two matches uh, in Major 4. LAG were 6-8 and eight in hardpoint. Um, they were 4-7 and seven in search, 3-5 and five in control. Like, I've, I've said it several times on the show, LAG was really, really bad this year. Um, one, like, you know, I, I they won Major 2, but... They really didn't do anything of note outside of that tournament. So losing to them is a red flag in of itself for me. Like, like I, I really can't excuse it. Like, you can say Vanguard or whatever, but it's like, this is on LAN, and you should try. Like, LAG's not good, like, even on LAN. Um, like, the next series, FaZe stomps them 3-0. Like, it's over for them. So, I, for me, it makes me think that London is not a true contender. Um, these two series, uh, Toronto is not a great hard point team either. Like Toronto is a better team than LAG for sure, but I, I don't see, um, Toronto as a, like a particularly consistent team in general and in hard point, they haven't been very impressive. So for London, I don't really know what to make of those, you know, nine, one hard point map count or five, one search when you lose two best of fives back to back to teams that, you know, aren't really contenders. LAG's not even going to be at champs and Toronto, um, you know, for how can, you know, for how talented I think this roster is and how much I really like that they stuck by their roster for the entire season. I don't know how, how strong they are. I don't know if they're a championship contender either. So I, I would say that 
you know, my stock in London has really went down during this event, like more than most teams, just because I expected them to beat ultra, uh, round one. And then I, I did probably expect them to beat or to lose to phase, but you know, I, I expect a lot of teams to lose the phase. That's not really a shot at anybody, but uh, I'm, I'm not sure what to make of London. I think that they might be in a little bit of trouble going to, uh, going to champs. Yep. Um, next we should talk about, uh, let's talk about Minnesota because I, I, I want to talk about them just quick, uh, quickly. We don't need to spend a lot of time on them because, uh, we'll give like an in memoriam to, uh, those other teams that didn't make champs, but I want to talk about them specifically because they were so close to winning two matches, uh, in, in the same way that London was, they lost, uh, two game fives, but, Minnesota, it really, really hurts because they win either of those two matches. That could be the difference between not making champs and making champs, especially since they played New York in round one and they lose game five. Uh, I believe that was the reverse sweep, if I'm not mistaken. Um, they, so they lose game five to New York and then they lose game five to Optic in the loser's bracket. And that pretty much ends their run and their, their hopes at making champs. What do you like? Do you think Minnesota was just a really good online team that wasn't able to make it to champs, or like do you think it was something else? Because like they went they went five and zero in the major three qualifiers. I think they went three and two, I believe, in the major four qualifiers, and then they lost four straight major tournaments uh, tournament uh, matches. So, what do you think of Minnesota? Yeah, I uh, I really don't have too much to think about Minnesota. Um, I was a team, I was high on them in the online qualifiers um, in particular, just because that's what we, we saw them go 5-0 once Havoc joins and they struggle at the major. And then the next set of online qualifiers, I was still uh, predicting them to win a lot of matches. I know I picked them to like win over Optic before when they still had Pro Loop playing. Um, and... I, I really don't know what, what the difference is. Obviously, you know, it's a tough break. I think this is, I think I saw a breaking point tweet, like, uh, this is the first champs that attaches missing in his career, which is kind of shocking to think about just because, um, you know, we were thinking of Krim potentially missing out. Obviously, that's a little bit longer than attach, but attach had been, you know, he won in AW. That was his first champs. <clears throat> so that's 2015. And, so 2015 to 2021, he was in champs. That's a pretty solid run, um, especially once you add in the franchise era. Um, but, yeah, I think it is worth mentioning, too. There was some, like, I don't want to say shenanigans or there was there was some stuff potentially going on behind the scenes with Minnesota. Uh, we saw the day, so Thursday, the day of the tournament, they signed a sub. And Crone was tweeting that potentially Standy might not have played. Um, so I don't know if it was COVID or um, what the rumors were behind that. But there, there was obviously talks about something going on with Minnesota. And maybe that played a factor in them struggling. Um, but they certainly, you know, they opened up with two map wins against New York. They just weren't able to uh, close that one out. And I think that affects them, obviously, playing optic in the following round is a tough matchup but they they came out again uh winning on bokage that's pretty impressive um just optic was able to close things out in the end there so yeah i think it's um 
a disappointing result just based off of the immediate success we saw in the online matches in particular once Havoc joined. Um, but beyond that, I really don't have much to say. I just I think it's kind of um, it's going to be weird thinking about, you know, Attach not being a champs this year. Guys, Priesta, obviously not as long of a run, but um, he would have been a champ since at least World War II, if I'm remembering right. Yeah. Um, so regardless, you know, the solid players on the team, it just, for whatever reason, towards the end of the year, it didn't work out. Um, and it'll definitely be interesting to see what they do in the off season. I think they're going to have to, uh, make some tough decisions because I feel like, um, without getting too far ahead of ourselves here, I think there's multiple, like you, I attach as a guy you can build the franchise around, uh, just based off of performance, Standy is a guy who's played well for them, and they might want to keep him and build around him. And even Priesta, he might not be the flashiest player statistically or anything like that, but he's a solid guy who uh, can do the job. He's shown throughout his career he can do it with a sub, do it as a flex, do it as an AR. So he's a very valuable uh, like role player, I guess you would say, as a like, common sports analogy. Um and he could be a guy they build around too. So I could see Minnesota going in multiple directions this offseason. And um, certainly I'm not expecting them to stick as a roster as we saw them do last season after the Minnesota Miracle. Yeah, it would be a real surprise if they stuck with this roster just because it's, uh, you know, it's really not common for most teams in the league to uh, stick with the rosters, but especially a team that didn't make champs, um, you know, meaning you're a bottom four team. It, yeah, it would be pretty surprising to see if uh, see these four players um, stick together with Minnesota. Um, let's talk about Toronto, a, a team that did that did make it to champs, um, a team that really had an up and down regular season, um, especially in respawn uh, game modes, has been. Uh, a little bit of a tough time for them, but um, they they beat London, like we mentioned, and then they get swept by LAT uh, before dropping down the loser's bracket and losing in five games to Optic in loser's bracket quarterfinals. Um, I mean, it's kind of what I expect out of Toronto. I didn't expect them to beat London, but, you know, a, a, you know like a top six or a top eight finish um, to me doesn't really seem out of the ordinary for the way the ultra has played this season uh last season yeah that would have been really disappointing they're a you know they were a great team last year i think they're a, a you know pretty good team this year uh depending on the matchup um you know a team that they're you know they're kind of even with in their game modes then yeah probably they can win that match but um against the top teams and i guess lat is a top team now which is really weird um, you know, they're, they just don't, you know, they're, they're just not that team right now. And I don't know if they're going to be able to get there. Um, you know, they peaked really late last year and they were able to have that incredible run. And of course they lost in the Minnesota miracle, but they were able to get to champs grand finals and all that. So, um, I'm, I'm interested to see what they do, but what kind of confidence level are you at with Toronto heading into champs? I think it's hard to be very confident in Toronto by any stretch. Um, it is an impressive win for them over London. Obviously, I picked Toronto there, but that's going with the pick against London strategy, so I don't know how much uh, 
weight you can put into that. Um, jokes aside, though, the the most important thing here is that you know it's a close series for them against Optic. Comes down to uh, game five, round eleven, and that's their first round matchup at Champs is Optic versus Toronto. Mm. So we're gonna see this matchup they just lost in game five, round eleven. Is we're gonna see it in a couple of weeks to kick off Champs. So. Um, all uh, regardless of whatever's happened throughout the earlier parts of the season for them with inconsistencies here and there, um, still think they're a super talented team. And um, if they're able to watch the VOD back, maybe change up just one round even could be the difference in this matchup. It certainly should be a very entertaining first-round matchup again. Um, and, yeah, I just, you know... Toronto won the game two search and the control in that optic matchup. So if they had won in game five, it would have been kind of the two, three, five that you come to expect from Toronto at this point, just based on their hard point struggles throughout the year. Um, but who knows, maybe they're able to find a hard point map and sneak it in uh, to the best of five, something they're able to work on over these next two weeks. Or maybe it's, you know, at, at this point with Toronto, based on their hardpoint struggles, maybe they go to a map that they haven't seen any success on. They're like, well, it can't get any worse, right? We got to try something new here, maybe. Um, that just could be one alternate approach. But, uh, yeah, end of the day, I think Toronto's lineup is still super talented. And um, it was obviously a very close matchup against Optic that didn't go their way in the end. But they have another shot against that same team in just a couple of weeks here at Champs. Uh, last team that made the uh, made champs. I mean, they're not the eight seed, but last team that we're going to talk about uh, the Boston Breach. Um, they made a late season roster change, brought in Vivid for Capital. Um, they did end up <laughs> Vivid losses revenge match and uh, winners round one against Florida game five. Uh, but they they end up beating Seattle in the loser bracket and then lose to Optic in round two. Um, no harm, no foul for them though, because uh, they were in a somewhat comfortable position to make champs uh, heading into the tournament. So, um, not a a huge um, loss for them to uh, lose to Optic. Um, what do you make of Boston um, in their three matches in this major? Well, we also haven't really talked about Seattle too much, which is oh, yeah, I the, forgot about uh, them. Yep, last team of champs, but I can tie it in here just because Boston is the team that sends uh, Seattle home. And, you know, Seattle was the previous uh, major champion. We only get to see them play uh, one match here against Boston, the team you expect them to be most likely. And Boston's able to pull it out. Um, Seattle takes the Bokage hardpoint and Tuscan control, but Boston goes 2-4-5. Two, two, um, the Berlin hardpoint was 250 to 248. I don't really remember that for some reason, so I don't remember it, why it came down to the wire or anything like that, but obviously it's close nonetheless. Um, but the two searches were 6-3 Boston and 6-2 Boston, so um, could be something, you know, Seattle might have to work on heading into champs. Obviously a last place finish following a major championship, they, they might have several things they're going to look to work on to improve there. Um, but obviously disappointing result for Seattle um, due to just the recent success at the last major. But Boston, you know, they, they did look strong in the online qualifiers going 4-1. and one. 
Um, and like you said, they lose Vivid loses the revenge match there, but they were able to at least win the match against Seattle, which I think was the one that gave them the points they needed to actually qualify for champs, um, which at the end of the day is the most important thing um, for all the teams competing. But especially for Boston, man, uh, said it multiple times on this show, just anything beyond last place is really good for Boston due to the situation they were entering the league as the last team being the last, you know, dog at the bowl to pick the scraps or pick um, their roster for the season. Um, I think this change with Vivid, as, as much as I've liked Capital and moments throughout the year, I think Vivid and Nero work really well together. Um, and it might just be because they're both hyper aggressive, which could have some drawbacks in some situations with pacing with, um, methods and TJ, but um, you know, the, the most important thing is that this change helped them uh, get into champs, and now they're, they're playing with house money basically at this point. Right? They, they really have nothing to lose uh, heading into champs because I, I think many people at the start of the season might not have even expected them to be there. So, um, I mean, we talked about how cool of a storyline it would have been for New York to uh, win this major, make the Cinderella run, two champs. Um, I, I think it would be a pretty even crazier storyline uh, for Boston to win champs. Yeah. Because technically that would give Doug Center Martin a ring. Mm. Does it though? I mean, they might give him, would give him a ring. Yeah. I mean, Tommy got a ring when the Empire won. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, so Seattle and Boston, uh, they... I mean, Seattle really didn't have to do anything this tournament. They didn't really even need to show up, I guess, uh, to qualify um, because of the way things uh, worked out. Um, I, I'm i concerned about Seattle, uh, you know, like to go from major three champions beating FaZe in the grand finals to pretty much getting stomped like not stomped by boston specifically but losing uh you know five six matches like that's that's pretty concerning uh even if the the bulk of those were online um so i'm not not too too confident in seattle um i'm still confident in my boy pred that he'll win rookie of the year but i don't think um the team in general uh inspires a lot of confidence right now in the breach I think they're an interesting team. Uh, you know, earlier in the year, they were a, a solid, probably third or fourth place team in the league, and they kind of fell because they, they had that rough stretch. But um, if they're able to, I think if they're, you know, if they get top six or top four at champs, I think that's great. Like that is a, a win for the organization, a win for the breach, because like you said, uh, with the, the hand that they were dealt with how late they were able to get in, um, just making champs over teams that have been in the league for a few years and have the resources. And, um, you know, Minnesota, they came in with a roster this season, like a completely built roster um, that had won a tournament last year uh, to beat them out. That's a pretty impressive feat in of itself uh, for Boston. Um, but, you know, they, they're they going to have a, a tough road ahead of them at champs. Um, so the bottom four teams, uh, you know, we talked about Minnesota a little bit, but the bottom four teams that did not make champs, uh, Minnesota, LAG, the Paris Legion, and, um, who else am I missing? The LAG. Oh, and the Florida, Florida. Mutineers, our, yeah. 
are a very consistently inconsistent team, the Florida Mutineers. Um, they actually tied with New York in points uh, for the season. They both finished at 160, but because of tiebreakers, New York ended up um, making champs over Florida, which is uh, got to be a heartbreaker for the Mutineers um, with how you know, well, they played at specific points in the season, but, um, I mean, it, it's, a, it's not good to be inconsistent. That's, that's kind of the thing. New York was consistent in that they did not win major, uh, matches. And then they were like, all right, let's be consistent in winning major matches this major. And that's how it worked out for them. Uh, Florida, they were just up and down the entire year. Their late season roster change just really didn't work out. Um, they, they fell just too short. They, if they win, uh, that match against phase, or if they're able to beat the subliners in the winner's bracket, obviously that would have really helped their chances at making, uh, champs, but it just didn't work out this time. LAG, uh, I, I'm very much not an LAG fan at the moment. Um, <laughs> I, uh, a really bad season for them other than, um, they made quite a bit of money at major two, um, but you know that's how it works out, I guess. Um, you know we we can talk about this at another time. Didn't yeah. want to cut you off, but no, um, we can we'll talk about it next week if if we uh, if we do a show next week. We definitely just talk about these four teams and like what they need to do uh, because we do have a off week before we get to champs in two well, weeks. I'm, I'm not going to be here, so we're not doing a show next week unless you do one on your own. I might do um, one on my own then. <laughs> only thing I was going to say was. Um, I guess it's a topic for the off season um, and something you can ponder, but can you classify LAG season as a quote unquote bad season with a major victory? They, they win one out of four tournaments. Sure. They don't do well at the other ones, but at the end of the day, a chip is a chip and they still did win a tournament. Um, I don't know where I stand on that argument. So I'm not, I'm not saying we need to talk about it now, but I think it's an interesting question um, because there aren't a lot of other comparisons. Like you can't like, say and i guess you could uh, you can't even compare it to like winning one playoff game in like the nba or, or nfl and then not winning the super bowl because that's not the case they they won a whole tournament went on a super impressive loser bracket run it's just they nothing else went their way on and they didn't play well at the other tournaments so um i guess classifying lag's tournament is a topic for another time yeah it definitely it, it's a a weird season season yeah, it's a weird season to look at because they basically did nothing outside of this one tournament. Like they they earned money at like one uh like one qualifier. Like it's it's pretty amazing that they were able to get so close to making champs based off of very much just one tournament. Um obviously they won it, but um it's it's an interesting topic. I think we can talk about it in the off season um because we'll have a lot of time, a lot of time to fill. Um, but yeah, uh, LAG, uh, are one of the teams that didn't make it. Florida did not make it. Minnesota did not make it. And our Paris Legion rest in peace. Um, they, they will be moving to Las Vegas with, um, I, I tweeted it this weekend. They had, uh, they set records. This was a record setting year for the Paris Legion. Um, they, they had the, uh, worst win-loss record and the worst map count win-loss record in CDL history um, for a, for an entire season. They won 8% of their matches, which is, it seems high for them, to be honest with you. 
Um, but they went two and 23 on the season. Uh, I don't think they won the last two and a half months of the, the season. Um, so a pretty, a pretty tough year for the Paris Legion and, uh, they will be, I, I don't know if they're just going to name it the Vegas Legion or whatever next year, but, um, they are moving to Las Vegas. Um, I mean, what a horrible, horrible, horrible team that we saw. I don't really blame all of it on the roster, but, um, two and 23, that is ridiculous. That is that's Cleveland Browns bad. Well, almost, but <laughs> uh, a a really bad team. Um, not a don't really have a fan base, uh, a huge fan base to speak of. Um, that's where they lose out to the Browns. The Browns have very loyal, stupid fans that uh, that like them despite them being really bad. The Paris Legion. Uh, I don't believe they ever played a match with a French player um, in their roster. I believe they might have had Brezzi on the on the roster, but I don't think he ever played. Um, so they did all of this. They played three seasons in the CDL, and they literally never played with a French player. And you know, other than uh, a somewhat successful season one, where they I think they made the the finals of a, a like one of those home series events. Um, I think they did that once. They've been really disappointing, and um, I just, I'm just disgusted by the Paris Legion, and I'm, I'm glad that they're moving to Vegas because then there's not even the illusion that we have like a Europe, uh, another European team. Like London is a true European team. Like they, they, they field a completely like British roster. That's awesome. Love that. Paris was not Paris. They were like the like the North Carolina Legion or something. It, it was bad. It was um, a really disappointing year for them. Uh, they finished it out with a 3-2 loss to Atlanta Faves. Um, any last words for uh, the Paris Legion and these other uh, teams that did not make champs and we will not be talking about when we uh, ultimately do preview champs? No, nope, I don't think anything we need to say about Paris anymore that we haven't said already. Yeah. Um, any other, uh, thoughts or concerns before we wrap up the show? Um, because we went through the entire tournament, uh, one, you know, I don't know if we congratulated them, but congratulations to the LA thieves. Um, uh, a really big win. I believe their first win, uh, as like the LA thieves, a hundred thieves definitely won a tournament or two. Um, hundred thieves won in Black Ops Four, but yeah. not LA Thieves. Yeah, so LA Thieves, uh, their first win, um, our fourth and final major champion. Uh, any thoughts before uh, I wrap up the show? Um, I will just say, just because it was the one team we kind of glossed over from the ones that didn't make champs um, for Florida, uh, will be interesting to see what they do moving forward next year. They haven't obviously been afraid to make roster changes. Um, I feel like they're in a position, though, where they either have to just completely scrap everything, rebuild, um, or which what I think is more likely is they pick between either Skies and Awakening and build around one of them. Um, both of them have been on Florida their entire CDL careers, if I'm remembering correctly, yeah. uh, because Awakening came in through partway through MW, and Skies was on that team to start the season. So it uh, will be interesting to see what they do in the off season, but yeah, I just wanted to bring that up real quick. And uh, 
we don't, we don't have to talk too much about it, but just to briefly preview it uh, before we wrap things up, the uh, champs bracket. Um, the top half of the bracket is FaZe versus Subliners, which we talked about, then Ravens versus Seattle, which is kind of interesting based on uh, recent performances for both of those teams. And then the bottom half of the bracket is Optic versus Ultra, and then Thieves versus uh, Boston. So uh, that's the 18 bracket for champs. Um, all the teams are starting in winner's bracket round one, unlike in past years of CDL champs where they did like the tiered um, buy system, like uh, Dallas Empire slash Atlanta Thieves, like or Atlanta Thieves, Atlanta Phase. One of them got like more buys or whatever. I remember during like MW champs and stuff. And, yeah. you know, with none of that this year, everyone's starting the same spot in the winner's bracket and just traditional double. 18 double elimination bracket. Yeah, boy, we'll, uh, probably won't be back. Or we won't be back next week, but we'll be back the week after to preview champs. Um, we'll go, you know, we'll go through each team, give our thoughts on their uh, their prospects and their chances of winning. Um, what is the most important event of the year? Uh, I believe this is a, a 2.5 million dollar event. Maybe maybe more. I, I might be off a little bit, but um, it's is the the best um, event for the season, the most lucrative event for the players, and and something that um, I'm really excited for. Um, this season's kind of flown by uh, at different stretches, um, but it, it feels weird that we're here and that the the eight teams are set um, for the season. Um, again, uh, so those eight teams, Atlanta Phase, New York Subliners, London Royal Ravens, Seattle Surge, Optic Texas, Toronto Ultra, LA Thieves, and the Boston Breach, those teams, uh, we will be talking about more when we come back um, in two weeks or so uh, to, to preview CDL champs. Um, but yeah, um, that about does it for the show. Uh, make sure to like, subscribe, or follow the feed wherever you're listening or watching on. Uh, make sure to give us a five-star rating on Apple and Spotify as well. Follow us on Twitter. Um, he is at jbink with two Ks. I'm at Prez Byers, and the podcast Twitter is at Ego Child Podcast. Uh, the next show is probably in two weeks, so um, end of July, beginning of August. The Champs um, Tournament, I'm trying to look up the date real quick. Because first week of August, yeah. So we'll, we'll be doing um, a show before then. Obviously, we don't want to miss out on previewing champs. Uh, but uh, champs officially starts on August fourth, um, so that is a Thursday. So expect this podcast to uh, to return before August fourth. Um, yeah, probably like the first or second or third, depending on softball when I get back. Yeah, so softball will dictate uh, when when we do our champs preview. Um, but uh, we thank you guys for listening and, and watching. Uh, we really appreciate your support. The The season's almost over. Uh, we hope you stick with us um, at least for the next few weeks uh, so you can listen to our Champs preview and then our Champs recap. And really our season recap will be coming up, um, you know, within a month. Uh, but, you know, thank you guys for listening and take it away, Bink. Yep, as always. Thank you guys for tuning in to the live show. For those of you who are here, uh, Preston's pointed out that past couple episodes uh, for listens overall have been doing pretty well. So thank you guys for the support in all forms, whether you're watching live or on YouTube or listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever, all that good stuff. Thank you for uh, showing your support no matter what. As always, if you have any uh, criticism, comments, feedback, whatever it may be, 
Uh, we're open to it, so let us know. You already listed our Twitters off. You can reach us there. Um, but, yeah, hope you guys enjoyed this past tournament. I know I certainly did, and I'm looking forward to the big one coming up in two weeks here. So we will be back to talk about that then. Uh, as always, remember to send the chow.